Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. to another exciting edition of the only podcast on the internet about movies. This is Total Reboot. I'm Cameron James. And uh, sitting right next to me, to my, I guess, three o'clock, is uh, one of the most exciting voices in film <laughs> criticism, Alexei Toliopoulos. Hello, my name is Alexei Toliopoulos, and I simply adore film, cinema, movies, and most of all, home media, such as Blu-ray. Yeah. You do. We are- I absolutely adore. You absolutely, <laughs> absolutely adore the stuff. You know, <laughs> they're so zantalizing. And you absolutely adore Jaja Gabor. <laughs> Jaja Gabor is one of the most exciting voices in cinema today. It's one of the most exciting names to say. As well. I mean, it's exciting. It's got Z S. Yeah. Not many times you get to say that kind no. of word together. Only when you say zhuzh. Yeah. If you've been watching. Queer eye. Yeah, when you're zhuzhing yourself up. You yeah. zhuzh your hair, zhuzh your outfit. Yeah. Zhuzh your zhaza. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on Blu-ray Studios. We're talking about Little Women mm-hmm. this week and next week. Um, I'm going to introduce our, je- our jest. Our <laughs> I'm going to introduce our jest um, right now because otherwise she's just going to be sitting here. We are joined today by one of the most exciting comic actors of our generation, one of my favourite comedy writers and performers. But, if I may be so bold, her landscapes do lack emotion, and she could do with going to Europe for a little while to study a little harder at being a great... A little more work A great it. visual artist. Uh, one of the, the most exciting stars since <laughs> Zaza Gabor. It's Victoria Jerps. Oh, thank you, guys. It, do you know what? It is such a joy to watch leaders in their field just mm. ever vest in front of me. I just, <laughs> I'm watching you with such joy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. Thank you. You are just absolutely amazing. Welcome to Blu-ray Studios. Thank you so much. Mm. I love being here. What do you oh, think God. of the place? I was like so crazy when I arrived. I was like, "This is the best place." And she was, was jumping was, around, I manic. Was jumping. That's. It's actually sad to be that energetic. Every time I Vic know, passed me in the hall, she kissed me on the cheek each time. Absolutely, I, I said, got Look eight, at this place. eight smooches Look at this on the place. cheek. It was insane. But now I'm just staring at this. It is. It's a. It's a wall of home media. Yeah. And I said it's one of the best things to look at. Mm. Yeah. And I was like looking at things. I'm like, I want to make that a musical. I want to make that a musical. I want to make that a musical. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Alexi doesn't let anyone watch these Blu-rays. No. I don't want to watch them. All the discs are in another location. <laughs> it's just display only. It's perfect. It's yeah. actually exactly what you want. Exactly what you want, you guys. Oh, I know. Thank you so much. We're so glad to have you on the oh. pod again. It's been a minute since we've had you I on. Know. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And mm. I got you on today with the express purpose to mm. talk Little Women. Because a little while ago, you mm. told me you saw this version. We're talking yes. about the 1994 Gillian Armstrong adaptation. You told me you saw a very special screening that Gillian Armstrong herself hosted. Yeah. Did a beautiful she Q&A with. 
Ah. And I had this worry this week that Cameron was not going to like this movie because it's something out of our wheelhouse for a while. We haven't talked mm. about... We haven't talked about a freaking drama on this podcast for a long time because there's early superhero <laughs> movies coming out and like, you know, gangster movies is what we've been focusing on this year or last year. So I'm like, okay, we need it. I got to get a ringer in. Some of that I already know likes this yep. movie. Well, it's true. You know, I love it. Mm. I love it. Back me the frick up. <laughs> well, tell I'm me, so ready. Tell me about your uh, experience with Little Women. Did you grow up watching this okay, movie? Okay, so you're about to hear a story and it's going to get a little bit emotional. Okay. So I had never engaged with Little Women and I thought that I would hate it. I'm mm-hmm. like, this looks and sounds really bad and like, you know, pretentious and like, you know, the little women in the forest and their house and the little cabin. I didn't know anything about it. It seems ancient, <clears throat> right? It seems ancient. I'm yeah. like, why the Fuck. Can I say that? <gasps> Can I say that? Yeah. yeah. I always get scared to cuss on a pod. I don't know why. We encourage We encourage the cuss. We think it's funny to say fuck. It is so funny. You're yeah. getting laughs from listeners at home. Right I hope now. so. I need it. I need it. I need it. So I had never engaged with mm. it. And I was dating my now ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And she, this is her favorite movie. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's her favorite movie. And she's like, listen, there's like a screening at the Palace Verona. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for cinema of the friend of the pod. I don't know if that's cinematic friend of the pod. Is that true? Uh, Do you we'll like that cinema? It. I never go to in Paddington. Paddington? No, too Which far. One? Oh, too I've far, been there Palace once. Verona. I saw Birdman there. That's pretty good. With but- a guy that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, go on. No, so she... (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about this later. Uh, (laughs) She said that we're going to go to the screening. And I was kind of like so skeptical. But I'm like, Gillian Armstrong's there. She's a legend. I had seen my brilliant career, my beautiful, brilliant career. um, My big, fat, great career. um, (laughs) Which was amazing. So I was like, okay, I I want to meet a legend. And so I went with her. And then literally 10 minutes uh, since like the movie started, mm-hmm. I was crying and I did not stop the entire yeah. time. And I loved it. And I'm not sure because she was also, there was like, you know, a bit of drama. She was leaving. Mm-hmm. This is one of our last days. Sure. I was like holding her hand. She was crying. I was crying. It was so Wow. This is beautiful. emotional. It was emotional. Was it raining and stuff? No. Oh, unfortunately, it wasn't. Do you think you um you surprised yourself by being connected to this movie? 100%. I, I feel like it's so hard to watch something from 20 years ago yeah. now and like... Especially a period film. Yeah. And and actually allow yourself to get swept up in it. I'll, I'll confess, it took me an hour before I started relaxing into this movie. Mm. Mm. The mm-hmm. first hour, all I could think about was, God, I hate these the way they fucking talk, how formal yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all this shit. And then like the acting style, it's actually pretty good, but it's very mm. of its time. Yes. Too. Mm. And then it wasn't until an hour in when the little women Spoiler alert, grew up a little bit. Yeah. They become slightly mm-hmm. bigger women, which is the name of the second half of the film. <laughs> that's, <laughs> slightly bigger. That's when I started to relax into yeah. it and no, yeah. style and everything. No, Cam likes great. it when they became thick. <laughs> thick women. <laughs> that, no, I, no. I feel the same way because I think that like that austere prestige... Mm period piece Boring. film I, it's hard to kind of yeah. get into it's hard yeah. to find that excitement in mm. them this film the 1994 version is one that I guess I kind of grew up with because it was on TV all the time yeah big Christmas movies. It, it always during Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. on TV one and I think because it was Australian <laughs> filmmaker Julian Armstrong shout yeah. out to TV one one of the, <laughs> the TV channel that gets the most coverage on this <laughs> yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. Uh, but they played that like all the yeah. time so yeah, I reckon I would have seen this like 30 fucking times growing up or well, maybe yeah. not that much obviously but at least two or three times in full and then it would be one that there'd be something about it that I'd find engaging enough to mm. when I was scrolling through channels and flicking through I would eventually like 
come onto this one and kind of stick around. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I think there's there's just something like indelible about it that I find really that is definitely a cut above, especially in the 1990s around this yeah. era. There's so many like Legends of the Fall and so many of those freaking like literary adaptations that I find so impenetrable and so boring. There's something mm. really sweet and human about this one. And that was like all the connection that I'd had to Little Women was just this one film. And I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, after seeing the new Greta Gerwig one, I saw a Mm. preview of it. I really was very moved by that movie and loved it a lot. Mm. And I didn't want to say goodbye to the characters. I went and Mm. as soon as I left the theater, I went and bought the book from Dimmick's. Like within an hour of seeing it, and we, what did it feel like to be the only person to buy a book in Dimmicks in the last fifteen years? <laughs> yeah, they were shocked to see me. <laughs> they were like, "Aren't you a movie guy?" And I'm like, "Well, it's that's actually why I'm here today." <laughs> Where's the movie adaptation section? Yeah, we want to see. I want to see the stuff that become movies and stuff that w- that has been movies. Okay, that's what I find. And they said, "Well, you know, we got all that stuff." And they showed me the book, and I'm like, "I'll take one copy of it, please." Okay, and they. They tried to upsell me. They were desperate. They're they were like, take five, please. <laughs> take a few, please. Give, give them out to me. <laughs> Tell them. You can, you can take a few pages out. You can use it as wrapping paper for another thing or something <laughs> like that this Christmas time. <laughs> uh, but I, so I've been reading the book as well. I think I've really fallen like uh, in love with this story. Well, which sister are you? I'm definitely Joe, bro. Come yeah, on. I'm an like ambitious creative type yeah, yeah. trying mm. to sing my own damn song. Yeah. Mm. I think I'm, we're all Joes. I'm, also, you? Oh, I'm, I'm a Joe for sure. <laughs> I went I went I'm with not. my, you know, I saw the Greta go with four, like three mm. of my friends and yeah. we were like, guys, who are you? And we were like, we're all Joe. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I'm yeah, mommy. <laughs> yeah, you look after all I'm of us. I'm freaking mommy. You're mommy. When I watched the Greta Gerwig yeah. one, um, I went with our buddy Becky and we were just comparing the four sisters to the Sex and the City girls the whole yeah. time. Yeah, well, you have to. It's, it's they're the direct. Yeah, they com- are. They're all they directly are versions direct. of that. They all are. Any group of friends, it can be t- traced back to Little Women. Little Women. Yeah. Yeah. Every time when I four. watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a kid, I'm like, that's Joe. <laughs> Samantha. <Yeah>. Carrie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meg. <laughs> Amy. Yeah, they're, all, they're all there. Yep. Yeah. But for this podcast as well, I went back mm. and watched earlier adaptations of this as well to kind of, you know, set us up, see how these came along. Because I didn't amazing. think it would that's be. Dedication. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm that's... dedicated to this podcast yeah. and creating historical context for our listeners. Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm the most exciting voice in film since Shazza Gabor because I put the uh, the effort into it. Okay, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Early, there's like even early 1910s. There's 1910s. silent film adaptations of it. Mm. Thankfully, I didn't watch them. No. They're lost to time. They Do, truly don't exist. Is it true that those movies were made silent back then because people's voices were so fucking they too annoying? Shrill. Yeah, people were saying these little women are too shrill. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cut the audio out, please? <laughs> So you yeah. you didn't watch those ones? No, they, you can't find. When them. did you check in? What what's, what's the, the era one? that you? Yeah. The watched? first one I checked into is 1933. Wow! It is directed by George Cukor, who is I would say one of the great classic uh, early cinema filmmakers. He did like Philadelphia Story, mm-hmm. lots of great comedies and stuff like that. And then that film also stars. I just ripped a back down. Yeah, I was watching that whole thing. Because <laughs> it was falling off because I'm getting sweaty talking about these movies. I'm like, well, I'm just going to rip it off because it feels weird. Uh, <laughs> is it a burn though? Is yeah, it is a burn. burn. I'm gonna, I could I'm not gonna take my eyes off. Yeah, I know. I was, was 
<laughs> I'm gonna burn on my wrist. It's a very like you know, it's a very odd place. Yes, from cooking. Yeah. No, just from like from burning. I need to feel something. I need to feel. Alexi bought a Bunsen burner just so he could feel alive. Hold his wrist over it. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. It's cool shit. But yeah, so let the record show. I had a Band-Aid, it was falling off, I ripped it off, <laughs> tried to continue, but then I was like, this is too strange. It is, it was, it was weird, but I'm glad that you've done it. You're airing, because it's nice to air it's it. Airing it's airing it out. We should all air our wounds, metaphorically mm. and yes. literally. In yes. a safe yes. environment, of course. I'm going to take the dressing off my um, <laughs> <laughs> recent surgery, Sky. The gash. No one freak out. <laughs> 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 no, that looks really bad. Yeah, <laughs> is it? It really hurts. It yeah, looks really it's festering. Oh my god! Pus- I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> uh, so this 1933 adaptation, it's also produced by David O. Selznick, who's like one mm, of the huge yep. producers of, of like mm. golden age Hollywood cinema. Mm. And this was like seen as a big risk at the time of it coming out, but he believed that there was uh, there was something profitable or interesting in ad- ad- adapting like classic yes. American novels to the big screen and everyone thought he was fucking crazy to do it and now we look back and go visionary yeah. who the crazies were were the people that doubted him yeah. which is yeah. really it's fascinating to have a little idea like that yeah. to see a little reversal in time when tables turn 100% <laughs> and, um, and especially ones that focused on women like this but I think that what this film did it really connected with people back then because uh, coming out in 1933, it's in the midst of the Great Depression. Oh. It's also in between world wars. So it kind of deals with the th- it by having these themes of the novel of like America during the Civil War and kind of putting yourself uh, to putting yourself in with your community and like donating your money and being charitable and stuff is kind of like what a lot of the big themes of this novel and these adaptations are. That's very true. And I think people really connected with it and it became a humongous mm. hit. Like, became a huge, huge hit. But the only part of casting in this film that kind of makes sense and holds up today and has kind of become iconic is Catherine Hepburn plays Joe. Mm. And oh, Catherine, he- and this brilliant. is one of her early roles, one of her first three or four films, really. And I think it's the one that kind of cements her screen persona as we know it today as like this classic, like rebellious, yeah. rebellious woman. Tomboy. Tomboy. Yeah, especially yeah. kind of start the way it starts when they're all little. Littler women, or I don't yeah. know what you, how you would word it, when they're girls, perhaps. <laughs> like, not to be confused with Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham is Joe. Chessa, <laughs> yeah, Chessa is Jessa. probably Beth. Jess, mm. Jess, no, Jess is oh, Shosha's Beth. So yeah, no, Shosha's Beth. That's the saddest thing when you go to your friends. Like one of us has to be the one that dies. <laughs> during that, we're like, someone's the one that is literally dead. One of you's got one scarlet of you's fever. Die. No, no, Jess, no, Jess is probably Amy. Yeah, okay. Shosh is um the who's the um the Meg. She's like uh, the more traditional. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I would no. definitely say that but Brian she's... Williams' daughter, Alison Williams, mm. oh. and I always no, call her right. that every she's, time. No, Brian Williams' Meg. daughter. Right. She's, she's she. No, I would say she's Amy. Oh, she's Amy for sure. Who's the one that dies? Um, probably die? Adam Driver, I guess. Maybe Shosh dies. Oh, that's fine. I don't know. I never watched. More I've than only three seen seasons. a few episodes yeah. of Girls. <laughs> Truly, I've only seen like five episodes of Girls, and here I am spouting Shosh as if she's my friend. Uh, she's Jewish, so she would be my friend. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. She's a mammoth, dude. Yeah. She, yeah. What? She's a mammoth. Yeah. Did they just get all the daughters yes. of. Yeah, it's yeah, very 
nepotistic. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, mm. that's I my thought hot, it was nepotistic, but you know, <laughs> nepotistic, nepotistic, sure. uh, Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> the riff is complete. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but uh, so that's kind of like where mm. that's where Catherine Hepburn was basically born by playing Joe, and she's like the archetypical Joe. Like, there's. It's so such a Catherine Hepburn character. She's wonderful in the movie, but then the rest of the cast is kind of you know they they just kind of got who was around, and no one else has really been as ex- had an exciting career since then. And there bunch is bunch of nobody. Well, literally looking <laughs> at this, nobody, looking at this DVD, which is real. Yeah. all of them have the same face, exactly, with different coloured hair. But well, like, they, they are the drawings. Same. That's yeah, a drawing. Yeah, yeah. You're so looking. Someone's just, this is oh, a style. Oh, they're yeah. full cartoon characters. They're not. So they're not pictures. They're. I mean, people have drawn that. Exactly. Okay. Well, I would tell you one difference that face. is different from the next few adaptations of mm. this as well is uh, Joe ends up with the Professor Bear, who's like mm. this, you know, German migrant guy mm. who is older, and it kind of satisfies her intellectual her intellectualism mm. in this. Mm-hmm. And in the original, like the book. Bear is like this truly old cunny and it is basically written as a subversion in the novel. Uh, Louisa May Alcott did not want Joe to get married. She didn't see that mm. as her path, but she was forced to by her publishers. Yes. So she was kind of like, oh, instead of her ending up with Laurie, wouldn't it be funny if it's just some old guy that yeah. she meets? And so she that's kind of what she goes with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. to fuck with the audience and with the, publisher and with the publishers. Yeah. And then, so in that version, it's like, it's very, and especially with it having Catherine Hepburn in it, it's probably the most coded version of this story. Mm. Where Catherine Hepburn truly, of course, she's like a lesbian icon. Well, it's Joe and is so, a lesbian. Okay, we'll get to the exactly. fact that Joe is absolutely a lesbian. But so we'll I would say from all of the versions, that's the one that's most coded. Like, even there's mm. a moment where they embrace, and in the movie, Catherine Hepburn just like taps him on the back Perfect. with Bad. I was like, yeah, that's, that's real that's Catherine perfect. Hepburn stuff. Yeah. The next one is a 1949 adaptation by Murray. Mervyn Leroy. Mervyn. Oh, yeah. One yes. of the most exciting Mervyn. names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Cameron called him, Pervin Mervyn. <laughs> He's like, I want to make the little women picture. Make them smaller for me. Smaller, more petite. Let's see those little tootsies. <laughs> but this one is now made by MGM, who'd kind of, they were known for making musicals in this era, and they kind of perfected what the Technicolor movie, movie looked like. They did stuff like uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Mm. And Mervyn Leroy previously had done like two iconic genre pieces. He did Little Caesar, like one of the first big gangster oh. movies ever. This guy only makes little, little pictures. Little pictures. Little pictures. He's a company, Little Pictures, little was Caesar, making stuff. Little women. Uh, and he also made uh, Gold Diggers of 1933, which is that Busby Berkeley classic uh, musical. It's a great movie. I caught up with it a few years ago. I think it's really good. But this version of it is, it's very pretty. It looks like it's in that mode. It also uses the same script, basically, as a 1933 one. It's the same two writers that came back on, and they updated it a little bit. And what they updated was uh, mainly taking it out of, like not instead of now it's post war they kind of changed the the notions of like charitability to make it more about uh, where post war it's more about consumerism so like when oh, they get money from that. their aunts in the 1933 one they're like oh should we even spend this dollar on ourselves in this one they literally go shopping mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and also it's a little bit more uh, Laurie's like now like enlists into the army because in the civil war 
and Joe wants to enlist. So it's not like a. It's mm. not like it doesn't permeate the entire film. It's propaganda. But it's a little bit in yeah. there. <laughs> it's a little bit propaganda, I would say, of like you know now they have like these pro sentiments. But the interesting casting in this one is Amy. Uh, well, they because they can get a bigger cast now. It's MGM. They've got a roster of huge stars. Uh, the person that plays Joe is kind of not right for the role. She doesn't really suit. But Amy is played by Liz Taylor. No. Right. And they put a little blonde wig on her and everything. And she's older than the person that plays Beth, so they switch the ages around a little bit. So Beth is now the youngest of yeah. the sisters. And uh, the person that plays Bear uh, is fucking this hot Italian dude. So it's like just this hot Italian young guy. Or not as young but as Joe, but he's younger than an ancient grey-haired dude. So it kind of like starts to satisfy like not just like there's this intellectual stimulation with him it's not just like oh he appreciates her work or challenges her he's actually hot as well and it makes it sexy you can have it all you can have it all it It satisfies that that's actually my dream man it's an Italian professor (laughs) no truly really for, for ages what if it was Roberto Benigni great wow (laughs) that's exciting yeah if it's Italian what if it was Mario the little (laughs) cartoon (laughs) no Mario Cantone dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the freaking gay comedian. <laughs> no, I mean, I would be into that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that kind of brings us today. We're talking about mm. the 1994 adaptation, and there's like a big leap between 1949 and 1994. Many, many years. That's and then they made the movie again. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah. But this is also brought together by someone that's come up on this podcast a freaking lot. The dire- the producer of this film and the key person trying to like pursue its time for a Little Women update in 1994 mm. is Amy Pascal, who at mm. the time was just like a an exec yes. at Columbia Studios, who na- who now is the head of like Sony Pictures. Mm. Amazing. Uh, she was the one pursuing and putting it out. So we talked about her on our Spider Man episodes and lots of other shit that we do on this podcast. <laughs> so it's interesting that she's the one no. that's kind of like and pushing I it forward. I remember when we had the interview with Jillian, my mm. friend Jillian, after the, the <laughs> screening, she was saying that Amy would approach her again and again, yep. being like, you have to make this. You're the one. You're the one. Mm. And Jillian was just like, no, I don't want to do another period thing. I yes. don't want to be known. I don't want to be locked in. Mm-hmm. But then she finally, Amy finally finally got her to break. So I think Amy's a bit of a a bit of a boss. Yeah. A, she's boss a boss bitch. Yeah. She's a boss bitch. You can bitch, say dude. that. We can't. I can I'm going to say, say her. She's a boss uh, little slut. I can <laughs> say <laughs> boss she, slut. She's okay. a boss like slut. Yeah, she's a she little is. slut. And that's what her little business card says. Little, she's a little, little business card that she produced little women. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes, that makes sense. That's, yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting that Gillian Armstrong would do this because... So her, the film that she'd been best known for, My Brilliant Career, 1979, mm. so not that mm. long before this. She'd made a few films since, mm. a few documentaries as well. But it does seem like she's already covered this territory by yes, having a movie starring, like, you know, a great actor, Judy Davis, and, like, it being about the creative pursuit or the career ambition of a woman. Mm. Absolutely. But then I think that it... Like it, you know. It's like, why would she well, go no, back to this? What she said is that for her, when she refocused and she thought, okay, I'm going to take this on, mm-hmm. she said, you know what? It's more about yeah. family and togetherness for her. She really wanted to lean into yeah. the idea. So it's you do have this, you know, creative young woman, which is kind of covered in my yes. brilliant big career. Uh, but this one is <laughs> my definitely fully sick my career. fully sick, amazing <laughs> career. Um, <laughs> But this one, she like like the togetherness in the family mm. element of it, and that's what makes me cry. The fact that they're connected, yes. 
Cameron and I talked about my brilliant career with Henry back on the original Blank Slate movie podcast. Like, it was one of the first movies we talked about. And when it came out on Netflix again, and I think it's, I, I remember us really falling for that film a lot because it is like this really exciting, mm. vibrant, and especially Judy Davis and Sam Neill, like their chemistry is insane in it. I remember we literally said that there was a moment where they're rolling around the gl- in the grass and we're like, we need to see these guys fuck because it's <laughs> like, it's so electric. Please make yeah. a sequel, my brilliant fuck life. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think that My Brilliant Career is one of like the truly might be the best debut feature film by anyone. I would have to Like agree. it's yeah. really one of the best. So if you haven't seen that, it's pretty accessible now. There's a Criterion mm. Blu-ray out that I proudly pre-ordered and own now. So please check out that movie too. I think this is a beautiful adaptation. Yeah. I'm chomping at the freaking bit to chat about it. Mm. Uh, shall we get into get stuck into these little women from oh, 1994? Good Lord. Yeah, let's Can get you stuck say that? into them. <laughs> let's get st- let's dig into let's these little women. Dig into Jeez. their little bodies. Oh. Columbia <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Pictures invites you to share the holidays with a family of little women. Joe. If I were going to be a writer, I'd go to New York and pursue the stage. Are you shocked? Very. Meg. What's that strange smell? (laughs) You've ruined me! Beth. What's your Christmas wish? Perhaps we could send the Hummels our bread. They have so little and we have so much. Amy. I've waited my whole life to be kissed. And what if I miss it? I promise to kiss you before you die. Telegram, your father's been wanted. (gasps) Through times of hardship. (laughs) And times of joy. Little women. 1994, directed by Gillian Armstrong. The story that has lived in our hearts for generations now comes to the screen for the holidays. Wow. That's a great tagline. That's a great tagline. For the holidays, yeah. It tells you about when it was released. (laughs) (laughs) That it used to be a book. All sorts of shit there. With their father away as a chaplain in the Civil War, Joe, Meg, Beth, and let's not forget Amy, grow up with their mother in somewhat reduced circumstances. They are a close family who inevitably have their squabbles and tragedies, but the bond holds, even when, later, male friends start to become part of the household. Thank you very much, Letterbox. <laughs> Thank you. I love those male friends. That's yeah. the sequel to this movie, Little Women and Male Friends. <laughs> no, it is very important to have male friends. Yeah. In the same age as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it's <laughs> mm. really nice to be... To have you as my male friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. We you know? like it. Does, it. it adds a whole new texture to my little women life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is there any chance that um, we, I could propose to your sister or something <laughs> if I had one? I then... have a mother. You love my mom. I do love your mom. Yeah. 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 To, I'll we... propose to her. You propose. Yeah. I think you have already an Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, you've said, you've said leave Jeff for me. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> did she? How did she react? I to think that? she said, "I'm too old for you," or something mm. like, "I'm too." She probably, said, "I'm too fat. My body's too big, Cam. You won't love me. I'm too fat." That's oh, what she's say. and Gorgeous. Cam said, "I love you how you are." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. That sounds about that right. That checks out. Yeah. Um, I think that revisiting this movie, there was like, there was a nervousness, nervousness about it for me. But I think that what I connect with most about this movie is that it is. It kind of like starts out like as like this really beautiful, like sincere adaptation. Like the way that sets out like those opening credits, like with little drawn images, inked images, and like the the way that the font kind of looks mm-hmm. like it's still being calligraphied through it uh, is really it's really beautiful and kind of opens you into this sort of like, hey, you're coming into this book. You're going to leave in this book for a minute or two. We're going to be in here. Okay? And you're ready? Mm. Now we're living in a book. Page master style. Page master style. Absolutely. Macaulay Culkin's guiding me through, letting me know how it's all <laughs> working. But it like it lets it starts out with that idea of like this is going to be uh, like this is a prestige literary adaptation. But I think what this movie does that kind of subverts it to compared to a lot of the other movies that came out of this time like I mentioned like Legend of the Fall is the one I always think about where I'm like that seems so boring. I will never watch that movie. This one has like a really like indelible sense of warmth to it. Mm. And I think there's like little all these little detailed moments that kind of take you out of like that boring world of it by like it being actually kind of funny and like having like these little moments like little kids putting their face up against a glass and blowing a raspberry and it kind of like brings a little bit of like a reality to it as well that I think works so nice of it just being very warm. Mm. No, I definitely agree. I, with that. I felt like it was cold because there's snow. <laughs> yeah, and these this family are like they don't have much money, so they can't light the fire all the time. So I yeah. felt fucking chilly as watching this shit. Yeah, you freaked out. If I'm completely honest, mm. it took it did take a while for me to get in, and I I don't mm. know. I think maybe I'm just like not. So I'm a fucking idiot. And no, I, you're extremely I, beautiful, I, intelligent, I, and exciting. I feel stupid because I always struggle with period films. And I've mm. said this before on the podcast that no matter how good it is, even if it's like fucking There Will Be Blood or something like that, I always just go, oh, God, why do I have to watch these yeah. old people talk? And Can't you old say slang? Talk slang, please. Yeah, yeah, say lit. Oh, please. <laughs> I wish someone was dabbing. Oh, where are they? No one's wearing Heelys. What's going on? I can't relate. I do feel like that. Mm. So it yeah. took a while and for the first 20 minutes to half an hour I was just annoyed at how lo- how the way they spoke mm. and everything and I messaged you about an hour yeah. in the movie and I was like oh, I just don't think I'm clicking with this. And it it did take mm. a while and I don't know I I guess you guys have the opposite thing like you could just you could just find yourself in the world and you're okay with it is that right? I think this movie sets itself up to f- to allow us in that way. What do you think? I don't know. I kind of agree at the beginning because mm. I, I think, you know, anything that kind of takes you out of like the human element of a story yes. that this feels like, you know, fancyful or contrived, mm. I'm always turned off by that. And mm. your, your brain starts working before your heart starts beating. You know what I mean? Wow. I know. I know. It's, it's crazy. Christ, That's beautiful. I know, Did I know. you just come up with that or have it you read it down? It just literally poured out of me like oh a fountain. God. My God. I mean, I'm I like, know, I'm a, I like I'm a, that a little yeah. less, that fountain line. No, the fountain line, it was too much. But yeah, that's fine. Um, I would have said faucet. Like a yeah. faucet. But, yeah. Like a little douche. I would... <laughs> <laughs> like a little douche cleaning you up, licking you up with his little wetness. 
So does a douche lick you? Well, it shoots right up there. and Oh, it's kind of like a tongue. Okay, that's exciting. I don't know. I was thinking about the Japanese toilet the other day. Yeah. And yeah. how actually... Day. I think nice. it would go a little something like this. God, I just had this nightmare <laughs> that Jillian Armstrong listened to this podcast and we're talking about bidets and douches and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but oh. you, you could get in there after a little while. You could sort of like settle into the world of the well, movie. Well, this is the thing. Mm. It's kind of easy for me to hook into this because it's about you know, a young woman mm. who mm-hmm. uh, wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. So that kind of connected to yeah. me, mm-hmm. but I think that it it warmed me up quite quickly, yes, because of how human and I think how warm it was, yes. Okay. Um, and I just I also love um Kirsten Dunst, like I love her, I love her. Yes. Bring it, like Bring It On was my thing for her, but everything she does, I'm like a huge fan. And I was just kind if of you nice were to Sting, you would dedicate the song. Everything she does is magic. Yes, yes, uh, I, to I her. really think so. I love everything she does, but it was. I think it just when it started opening up, like mm. I was, I was in there, and it happened nothing quite quickly. I, think, I was surprised. I, th- I don't like that. Yeah, shit. this kind of like this period piece stuff. I think what this film does, it kind of mm. brings it to life by giving us the giving us that in into Joe's dreams yes. in a really good way. Like this film, yes, it does use narration, but it does use it in a way to kind of like understand what Joe's ambitions are in a mm. way that's like more overt than the previous adaptations. In the previous adaptations, you don't even see her rights. It's kind of just like mm. she just goes, she just produces fully formed manuscripts and stuff <laughs> from out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's kind of more about the plays and stuff yeah. that they're putting on, like showing like long ass versions of these plays in the earlier films. <laughs> in this one, like this first scene yeah. that we see of Joe by herself after meeting her in context with her sisters, saying goodnight to each other and her mom. Um, uh, it's her up alone in her room, like writing, and we kind of get that mm. that little time alone in that alone space with her, of her like literally trying to live her ambition, live her dream as like this young teenage girl. I think it's like that's the way into this is by yeah. going like, yeah, this is movie is about Joe, and there is this beautiful family around her, mm. but it is about the the life and ambition of this one person. Definitely, you care about Joe, and when I started to care about Joe, I was in there. And I think that this is. The casting of this as Winona Ryder, it couldn't be more perfect for 1994. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no one else that could really do this. And I think it's by updating the... Like, the tomboy Joe that we know from Catherine Hepburn as being, like, you know, this big athletic kind of person jumping around and stuff mm. uh, in that Catherine Hepburn way where she could leap a fence and stuff. <laughs> in a single bound. In a single Amazing. bound. God, she would be great as Superman. <laughs> would have been really scary, I think. I'm going to get you, Lex Luthor. I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think making her like almost like this theater geek, like that Winona Ryder mm. theater geek. Mm. I think this movie is so important for Winona Ryder because mm. she's the star that becomes attached to this film to kind of get it made. And I think that, you know, up until this point, the way that we see Winona Ryder, stuff like Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, and I'm not mm. going to say Beetlejuice again. That will be the <laughs> final time I say it. Um, is that she's played like this like quiet, shy loner in those films. And I think that kind of makes sense for an aspect of Joe. Of Joe but then... Of Joe. Of Joe. Of Joe, <laughs> of Joe Dirt. <laughs> uh, is bringing her like this... Like bringing this like this really energetic and rebellious and like vivacious quality of Winona Ryder as well. Mm -hmm. Like kind of unlocking that to kind of give depth to her screen persona as well Mm -hmm. to kind of change it. I think that she's just magnificent in this movie. I, I think if it was any other actor, 
I probably would have said no to watching this movie. Really? Yeah, I just I've always really liked. What if it Winona. was like Joe Pesci or something? Wouldn't you be interested? Okay, I'd see that. I'd see <laughs> Joe in a Pesci. Dress? Yeah, little Joe, Joe as Joe. Yeah, first time Joe's. I want to be a writer. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking kidding me over here? <laughs> I'm trying to hang out with my sisters, mommy, Amy. Burn my freaking novel. <laughs> okay, I'd watch that. Yeah. But um, mm. I don't. I don't know. The uh, I just think she is one of those. I'm a little too young to have um like grown up with Winona Ryder. Mm. But in the last few years, I've been checking out her like iconic mm. Gen mm. Xy um oh, reality bites, shit, reality yeah. bites, yeah. and that. And um and I think she's a fucking great actor and, and she disappeared for a while there where she kind of went off the deep end and everything. Well, I think mm. that is that's something I'm really fascinated by because one of the writer going off the deep end was like this huge story because mm. it happened like she, you know we know the story that she like was caught on camera yeah. like yeah. shoplifting. shoplifting. Mm. But I think that is such a nothing story, mm. and it was the media like truly latching yeah. onto it and making and like making totally. her spin out to like where she had like basically no career. Mm-hmm. And this is my theory, what I've thought about so much is that that was the first news story of interest of kind of like a tabloid nature to break after nine eleven. And I think that oh. was a way for people to like move on and like go all lay in on like yeah. this kind of like tabloid nature, like fucking fluff piece story and truly vilify someone. Yeah, because it's very moralistic. Like, yes. oh, you stole something. And you're, you're rich already. Rich, rich, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. interesting. But, it uh, seem like a big but she's a fascinating exactly. person yeah. and she's a great actor. Mm. And I think, yeah, she's the reason why I said, yeah, okay, let's do Little Women. I'd mm. like to see what... I'd never even seen her in this context yeah. mm. of like period films. I'd only known her from those like Beetle, Beetlejuice and yeah, the fucking, Big Eye movies. Yeah, all that kind of mm. shit. You're not allowed to um, say that again, by the way. Oh, we got one I more. Think, well, I think you used, I've said two, you said two, Vic. Okay. You've got two left. Okay. 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 So we, okay, we can't say it one more time. Yeah. Or you can't. I think yeah. one, one each. We all get one each. You've done two, you've done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, let's just keep going. Because I of it. hate yeah. that guy. If that guy shows up, I'm going to flip my lid. I saw freaking Birdman with him. <laughs> you hate him. I yeah. hate him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she is really good in this, but I think I was bringing my baggage of being a Winona Ryder fan mm. to the film. Yes. So much mm. so that I didn't really invest in any other character yeah. for, for most yeah. of this movie. Mm. I just kept going, when's Winona going to be back? I want to see more Winona. Yeah. And I, it took me until watching the new one to even realise what the other characters' goals were. Yeah. yeah. And everything. I didn't care. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 true. The, the scene that, that broke me 100%, though, mm. was the Claire Danes yeah. death scene. I think mm. Claire was, like... Amazing in this. Yeah. It was such a hard role. Because I think that's the thing. This movie definitely focused so much on Joe and yep. her journey that the other characters did kind of get lost. Like, you didn't mm. give a shit about Amy. Like, Amy mm. was yep. so annoying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Beth was just, well, she was dying. Yeah. And, okay, who? Who's Meg? Who's, this, who's Meg in this, in this okay, movie? Meg it just says, and film. Meg is herself. <laughs> and Meg's also you've got, there. Like, you've got three. And also, yeah, just, she's, I have not seen her since. Okay, Trini before. Alvarado. Mm. Trinidad. Her name's Trinidad? Awesome. I didn't know that was the right. name of a person. No. I thought it was a country all these years. <laughs> is an American actress best known for her performance as 
get this. Meg March. Meg March in 1994 <laughs> yeah, film adaptation Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. She's also in The Frighteners. Oh, I think she plays Michael J. Fox's wife in Frighteners. That's a role Something. she was born to play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Lucy, so yes, and her latest She also in Little Children. Was, she was in French. Yes, she's in Little Children. Okay. I'm sensing wow, a thing. Okay, she's in Pauly. Oh my god, she's in Pauly. Is that the Australian movie? No, no, that's the real McCall you're thinking. Oh, right. Pauly is Sorry, the, the other bird, movie, <laughs> the other bird parrot movie from 1998. <laughs> that's the one with Tony Shalhoub and Jenna Rollins and Cheech Marin. Great. Um, hell, so, hell of a cast. Yeah, I mean they got Trinidad for a movie <laughs> headline. They got Trinidad Alvarado. <laughs> yeah, so I actually really liked her in this film too. I'm surprised that she didn't do too much. I don't know. I, 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 it's hard to watch it when you know that you're watching young Kirsten Dunst who will grow up yeah. to be a superstar. Mm. Yeah. Claire Danes, who was, I guess, about to be one of the biggest stars yeah. in the world. At the two filming years, of this, later. she was... Uh, Winona Ryder, Ryder said, we got... <laughs> <laughs> shit! Shit! <laughs> shit! <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Winona, Winona, when they were trying to find casting, Winona had seen the pilot to my so-called life and uh-huh. said, "This girl is great. We got to get her in to play Beth, mm. and we got a freaking killer off." <laughs> but I think the Beth, the Beth death scene is really good. It's Beth amazing. death, Beth death the is Beth sick. Death. But I think in the previous adaptations, it's like not on screen, and it kind of happens oh. off screen. In the book as well, or off page. I don't know book terminology. I've never really read them before or talked about a book before. <laughs> but uh, in this adaptation, is the first time where it's shown on screen her passing. And I was reading about it, and there's a deleted scene where they kind of had like a really weird take on it that they took out because it was just too different. But they, the original way that it happens is that uh, Joe and Mommy and Beth. Uh, in the room, Beth's in bed, and they're like kind of looking after her. And then you're seeing it from the POV of the cat, and like no. literally from the cat's eyes. And Beth is like looking down the barrel, like asking the cat to come to her. But the cat, like that, like it's that idea that animals have this se- supernatural yeah. sense of death and stuff like that. And the cat backs away, and like the camera walks back and like leaves the room and you just kind of can kind of see Joe Whoa. looking at the cat from the thing. It's like this really interesting choice. It's I think it's too bold for for the movie to kind of divert and go think down. They this. should have shot the whole thing from, from the cat's <laughs> yeah, right. cat side. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that would a bold choice. It's really bold and it's interesting, but I think it does like take mm. away from yeah. this beautiful moment that we do have in the film yeah. where it is Joe and Beth together lying in bed. And then it's like that it's like, you know, Beth like imparts like this sadness and this wisdom. And it was actually a reshoot where they got the like the lines where mm-hmm. she imparts like wisdom of like, hey, I want you to live your life kind of thing. And it's like this, I think it's such a beautiful death scene because there's also this moment that I found really hard to watch watching it this time was when after she does pass and like Winona kind of like cradles her body in bed. I found that really like, I found yeah. that really... Uh, emotional. I found it really hard to watch this time. I think it like taps into that feeling of like losing a loved one in this like really powerful emotional way that you don't really see that often. Mm. Yeah, no. I yeah, I remember Gillian um, in the interview saying that they did have to do a reshoot, and when they redid it, they kind of gave a line that 
Joe originally had mm. to Beth. I don't know what the line was, so this is probably unhelpful. But one thing that was so beautiful about that was just how, you know, be, like beautiful and kind Beth was in that moment of mm. passing. Mm. Um, and so, like, so soft and, and almost like, like optimistic, but kind of just like accepting yeah. of what was happening. And then for Joe to have to carry that for the rest of the film from that moment that's mm. when like i did not stop crying because yeah. everything else because it, 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 you feel like a death usually happens at the end but it's like right in the middle of this. yeah and so it's really interesting it's um it's the only thing i knew about little women was yeah. that the do- one of the daughters was sick with something and then mm. she mm. passes away and so i was ready for it the whole movie yeah and even when i knew i was it was happening and i knew i was being tricked thanks mm. to Gillian Armstrong's filmmaking to feel sad. Mm. Um like there's well, there's being tricked. It is <laughs> it's trickery. There's a part where um like when she's about to pass away the wind up so, uh, yeah. outside starts um yeah. going crazy. What's it called? Uh prophetic fallacy yeah. where like yeah. the weather starts representing the yes yeah. or it's you know I guess it's symbolic of like her spirit leaving her yeah. body or something mm. and as soon as um, Joe gets up to shut the window, and I knew by the time she turns back, she's going to be dead. I, was, mm. I clocked that. Yeah. You thought I, that she was going to disappear. But I like still Obi-Wan started. <laughs> I still started tearing up, even yeah. though I knew what was happening. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's going to turn around, and her sister's going to be dead, and mm. she's going to be looking at her dead sister. And I don't have a sister, but if I did, I would want a sister like Beth, and I would want her to die so I could. <laughs> I can look at her, and I can write a bloody book about it. <laughs> I got to, I I started to get emotional at that point. I got yeah. to admit that's when I I I, got, I was in I was in the March family. Yeah. yeah. And what I realised is at the end of the day I'm a classic fucking Laurie because all I want to do is just mm. be in a, some be family, a family that's all yeah. loving and everyone lays around on mommy and reads letters from yeah. the war and shit. What do you think about Laurie in this movie as as played by Christian Bale? Wild that yeah. I did not know that Christian Bale was already acting at this age. Yeah. He was a bub. He'd already been doing Newsies, Empire of the Sun. Man, I, I clearly didn't know anything love, about him. I love him. I love him. I loved him mm. in this. He's, He's good. got beautiful yes, hair. Yes, beautiful hair. He was kind of funny. He was kind of playful. Are you really... I loved him in this. Do you know this. what's yeah. so crazy about this is you really do... You ship them. For yeah. the first mm. half, you ship them and mm. then you're like... Joe, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But then by the end, you're like, no, it makes sense for her journey. Yeah. But I felt it. I was like, why don't they just end up together? And I, mm. I, I like that. I like that it twists you like that. It's another yeah. trick. From what I've read, Louisa May Alcott, uh, this was published in two halves, I believe. Yes. Um, First half, Little Women. Second half, Bigger Girls. Slightly Big Bigger girls. girls. Big Girls. Third part, <laughs> Male Friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, the sequel is called Little Men. Oh, excellent. I'll it. never read it. But um I'd love to see the adaptation. <laughs> so they um in the gap between the first half and second half being published, obviously all the fans are going, Oh, mm. please just let Laurie and Joe yeah. be together, please, yeah. please, please. And she started resenting that. Yeah. And so she deliberately wanted to make people hate Laurie, I guess, by making mm. him propose to Amy and she was doing it to fuck with the fans, yeah. which I find so insane. That's yeah. awesome. And that's also really kinda cool. cool. Yeah, only cool. freaking JJ Abrams. She was like, yeah, yeah oh, don't worry. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Laurie in the story, but he's gonna propose to the younger daughter out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. you'll just have to deal with that. Mm. And yeah. then now they're gonna be married. Yeah. yeah. That is such an interesting like plot point. But mm. it also it does actually make sense as well. Maybe yeah. when you Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I know we're not going to talk too much about the um, most recent adaptation, adaptation, but I think it makes more sense in Greta Gerwig's version of yeah. this. You're set up to see Amy and Laurie together before you even see Laurie with Joe. Yeah. So it kind of makes more sense that they're 
then they're always going to be together. Yeah, I, but think, I think in this version that I saw, I didn't know that was coming, and I was kind of like, "What the fuck?" Imagine yeah. coming mm-hmm. home with your like to your yeah. sister and being like, "Hey, I'm I'm actually fucking." The guy that asked you yeah. to yeah. marry you first. I think that what this fi- the way it works in this film, because I think in the early adaptations it works less so for me than in this one, is that like this film does play on that idea of romance more than yeah. those films. It's not just like oh you should get married because it's gonna because that's just what you do. I think that there's like this this idea of like romance and falling in love in this one as well that works by having like the relationship with Laurie and. Uh, Amy kind of seeing a little bit a little bit of that without too much you can kind of yeah. see can, time has passed you can understand because he's got a freaking disgusting goatee now <laughs> oh man that, that facial <laughs> I think I gasped when he when he came I was like oh it's a choice <laughs> he's got this crazy hair this weird goatee weird. but you know one thing I did not love about mm. this movie was when they they switched Amy's yeah, yeah. New, but new also imagine if it was Kirsten Dunst and they just aged her up. Or yeah, and she's hooking up with a bearded. She just looks like a child. In yeah. fact, yeah. when I was watching it, I thought, oh yeah, that's the only way to do this. Yeah. You can have a twelve-year-old who then yeah. has to be four years older. And this we- is the first time they've done that. And, yeah. and they didn't now do it. only time and, uh, and it makes sense in the, the new yeah. one because that actor's a bit older and the time yes. jump is bigger. Yeah. Um, but this time, imagine if it was Curse and Dunst. No, and it couldn't she's have like, been. Ugh. I know. That's the thing. She's, t- she's too young. She was little. And then she's little. She's a little I girl. think that, and also it's interesting because there's just enough work done to when like we do have that time jump. Because I think I love Curse and Dunst in this movie. I thought it was such a, mm. like this really exciting performance. Like just because it's like so like sweet and rambunctious and she's dancing around and she kind of knows, she knows what all the trends are because she's the one that's trapped at home and can't live outside in the real world and stuff mm. yet. I think that's like, I think it's just like such a perfect like younger sibling performance in this film by her. And then it gives you just that moment of time where they're like dancing around this gazebo and you kind of have these moments where you sing Samantha Mathis for the first time and you have yeah. to like adjust your brain. Yeah, I you think that Gillian Armstrong did enough work to yeah. kind of go to go, hey, this is this is her now. This is Amy. Yeah. yeah. And I think Samantha Mathis is really good in this movie, but it's hard to like make that transition by going like I've already loved this character. Yeah, it's and like now, three quarters of the way through the yeah. movie. And it's it's yeah. very hard to like attach the emotions mm. you've already developed onto a new actor, even if that actor is Princess Daisy from the Super Mario Brothers movie, which yeah. uh, Samantha Mathis is, and she's great. She's great in that. And yeah, that's your favorite performance. My favorite film. It's your favorite performance <laughs> in your favorite film. Yeah, and I think that yeah, it's it's tough, but I in 1994 you can't do it another way. No, you, can't you can't buy it. I don't think no. any other way. No, um, the Irishman technology hadn't been invented yeah. yet. So Otherwise, then they can age up Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can age her up. Um, the other performance I really want to talk about is. Gabriel Byrne as Bear. I think it 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 kind of marries the two things I was talking about of the previous adaptations of like it's stimulating her intellectually, but now Gabriel Byrne is like just hot enough to like stimulate your loins as <laughs> okay. well watching this movie. <laughs> I think this is the best that Gabriel Byrne has ever been used in a film. I think he's really 
the way that he's using this is really splendid. The way that he kind of like the relationship really slowly grows between them. I think Gillian Armstrong gives enough time for them to kind of like develop this love and build this love and have like these scenes with the opera and there's kind of like this like really slow like yearning between them it's like this courtship between them and he like you know they have this moment where like he touches her and then they kiss and so i think it's i think it's really really good and the best scene for me in the whole film is when he's like honest to her about not liking her stories but liking her writing and then it being like this moment of encouragement and challenging i think is the best gabriel like it's just to understand what gabriel Byrne is and to utilize it it's and how and no one's done it since like drives me a bit crazy because i think he's a really good actor but every time i watch him like why'd you get gabriel Byrne for this thing <laughs> like why him why would you get gabriel Byrne? but this one i'm like oh my god you could only ever get gabriel Byrne to do really this. yeah i really i was sucked in by it but i think it's the same thing as like that you've had watching this movie where i was like that was the time that i was challenged on this by going like really gabriel Byrne? You gonna? Mm. Who did you think they should have had? I don't know. Freaking like um, Jason Patrick, James Gandolfini, or something. <laughs> 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 but I don't know. I literally I don't know. Like it would. I I guess it would be someone Keanu older. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu. Uh, Keanu would have been great. Someone like mm. I can believe yeah. Winona is going to really. Mm. really... I found him too old, and yes. I found that. And watching it mm. now was really. I found it off-putting. Mm. You know, now we're like, you know, very. Mm. You have to always watch the age of the, the friends, yes. like mm-hmm. your friends, new partners. Like, how much older is he? What, what's the power balance yeah. there? Like, I saw that, and I was just like, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm I, not a huge fan, but he he was amazing in it. And I, I love that sold scene. It. Yeah, I think he really but, sold it for me. Yeah, but it is that thing of like that's what this character's always been, and I think mm. it's interesting how each of these adaptations reckons with that by either going like he's a fuck old man and she is gay and he's not going to fall for him anyway so it doesn't matter or like he's young hot and Italian and she can fall for him because you want to fuck this guy too or now it's like oh it's Gabriel Byrne he's sexy and he's gentle and he's like you know so soft and like encouraging Mm. and challenging to her and like just they kind of make him the perfect man for Joe in this movie but it is is like the way they go well you know he's older than her but she's really smart and really wise so it kind of meets up yeah but i think it's interesting how they grapple and then in the next adaptation my god they just make him really they just get louis garrell and yeah, make him young you and know hot make him young and really hot yeah that's the thing <laughs> and this cool french filmmaker guy yeah, come yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so that felt more of the time definitely mm. now that contemporary one but watching the 90s version you're just kind of like yeah that, uh, yeah, I, that was one thing that just, it just stick out to me. Yeah, I think it, I I find it really interesting, Beb. I gotta say, works for me. I'm trying to think of there's any other things. I think like that this is like all the craft departments in this like a true triumph of like making it better and all these other like films of that time as well that were mm-hmm. in this genre. I think Colleen Atwood's costume design is superb in this movie. She previously had done like all the Tim Burton movies, so mm-hmm. she was like one of the biggest costume designers around. You look up her IMDb, it's insane what she's worked on, making like iconic costumes. And I think that, you know, asking her to do a film like this is interesting to get someone that's so out there creative mm, with stuff yeah. to make something that's like authentic, American of that time, yeah. real. I think what she does is like, instead of like having all these period pieces where you're like, oh wow, look at all the gowns, look how beautiful this is. She makes everything like really serviceable and really mm. like workwear. And like mm. watching it again, like just going like, oh, all of their clothes to kind of show the wealth of the marches as not being 
poor but not being well off, just enough to kind of live on and showing like, oh, all of these are like definitely remade from older pieces of clothing. Like all the hems have been redone and in this way where it's kind of like, it's interesting that's just like this kind of service wear. I think it works so well. We're just like, I don't know, just to get someone like that that's so out of the box creative to do something like this. It just, it's interesting. And I think the music is beautiful. I think that the cinematography captures like this really nice, like these wide shots with beautiful lighting. It's where it feels like American paintings, like that real Americana yes. style stuff, yes. like Whistler's mother the and shit. shit well. yeah. yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Like, you know, with his mother from Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean's movie. <laughs> where it's got all these like Before beautiful profile. <laughs> no, I think it's after. This movie's got funny bits in it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is. It's really beautiful, and I think that's what Jillian does so well. Mm. Her first name, first name, yeah, base, Jill. Is Jill, Jill. What she does is just she really brings you into the world, and there's nothing too distracting yeah. about it once you're in there. Like, yeah. it just feels very real, authentic, and quite true to the to the to time. Also, shout out to Susan Sarandon. Oh my god, as well, mommy. Yeah, mommy. I think that's such a great take on the character who's like yeah. always been like great mother. And like dependable in these other versions, older woman. Yeah. And this one to get some, like to in like imbue it with like the rebellious nature yes. of Susan Sarandon, of like someone who's been fucking cool in movies for a really mm. long time yes. and in cool movies to kind of make her like this cool, like very awoke, like this woke yeah. version of the character, I think is works so well. Where she's the one that's on the cutting edge of like, oh, women have the women have a soul and all this stuff. That Which, was yeah, cool. That I was still, cool. I'm mm. a bit iffy on. I don't know if that's no, true. No, no, no. They do. The Trust song. me. They do. <laughs> Trust me. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to Eric Stoltz, mm. who proved not only that redheaded men can be boring, but also <laughs> that they can be dull as fuck. <laughs> Come on, dude. He's got those little mini sunglasses in that early scene. Come on. That's cool. It's like one of those things where I was just like, Jesus Christ. They couldn't be signposting how much of a bore this character is, right? Than getting the man who was fired from being Marty McFly. (laughs) For not being cool or funny enough. (laughs) Yeah, just like this boring ass dude. Mm. Um, Also, I loved uh, Aunt March, the woman who played Aunt March. Um, Who's I know from the Sister Act movies. Yes, this and is that's her it. final film. She's really? a Canadian actress and she passed away it's after this. It's a fucking great performance. I yeah. love her voice. I love her face. Mm. She's uh, iconic from my childhood from those Sister Act movies. And uh, yeah, a hell, of a, a hell of a final performance then. I didn't know that. Yeah, that is Mary Wicks, who we Mary know Wicks. from Sister Act. She's in White Christmas. Oh, she's in the classic Now Voyager and Postcards from the Edge. Wow. Yeah, great career, but uh, stage and screen actress. Beautiful career. Brilliant. My big fat fat career. career. Beautiful, brilliant career. (laughs) Are there any other moments that you want to touch on from this that kind of really stick with you or work in this adaptation? I think it was very novelistic in the way that at the very end when Amy came home with Laurie and Mm. they were married, that Joe's just like happy for them straight Mm. away. Yeah. And that mm. took me out of it a little bit. It almost felt like the ending of a Shakespearean play yeah. where everyone's married and everyone's yeah. happy and smiling. And I kind of, I was a little bit like, oh man, I don't know if she would be, right? Mm. Would she really be happy? Yeah. But I think I think it was, that moment was handled differently in the Gerwig mm. version, which I guess we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about next, next week. week. Yep. 
Mm. I think that I, I think this is a really really lovely adaptation. It's a little more. It's faithful to the source material, but in a way where it's like compressing stuff and bringing stuff I- into a new context and kind of making it more relevant for 1994. I think that it is. You know, for many many years, this has always been like this is the definitive adaptation. It's had a lot of love from you know from me from lots mm. of other people around this whole world, not just me. Mm. I'm not the only one. So it's like you know <laughs> other people. <laughs> Other people like it too. It's yeah, not just name me. Them. So, I don't know, Michael Moore. Okay, he likes it. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he said it's his favorite movie. I guess. Oh, I don't okay. Know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah. it up. It's online. Uh, All right. I didn't make that up. Yeah. <laughs> it's Michael Moore's favorite movie. <laughs> uh, but I think that you know this movie, like, it holds its place, and I think it's like this. I think it's a wonderful adaptation. And I actually cannot wait to talk about next week the Greta Gerwig film because I, when I saw it, I truly, I was dehydrated after crying so much watching that movie. I think it's my favorite movie 2019. I've seen it again. I've seen it twice. I adore it. The, yeah, Even more so than The Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was going to say that I was really skeptical about the, mm. the Greta version because I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, yes. I cried so much. Um, It's very true to the text. I love mm. what um Greta did. I love it. I think yeah. she did such an amazing job. And, you know, you'll talk about this next week, but there's just so many changes and it's so funny. Like, mm. she makes it so funny. Mm. Um and she, but also capturing the the heart of it. So I think, yeah. do you know what it is? The source material is so strong already. Yes. Like you just love these characters. You love what they do, and it's just beautiful to see two female directors really bring out different things from this original text. Mm. It's also so crazy that Greta, um, you know, I mainly know her from her climate change stuff, and now she's making <laughs> movies and shit. It's like she's yeah, a little woman, crazy. little director. Yeah, <laughs> it's just she's like amazing. I'm so impressed that yeah, she did it. She did yeah. It. No, I think I connected to the uh, Greta Gerwig version way more. Mm. It's so it's hard mm. not to because it's like modern filmmaking and make I, it very fresh. I just watched Lady Bird, mm. and there's the changes in it are just enough to you know keep me engaged, mm. even though I watched this version the same day, sort yeah. of. Um, so I I think I'm, I'm more excited to discuss that one. Yeah, I can't wait to discuss it. I'm I'm glad that we got to talk about this one too because it's like this. I think it's a classic film that should be heralded classic, more and watched more yeah. as well. And hopefully, this new film kind of brings people more back to watch this version as well. But mm. I I don't know. I just love both versions of this. And we're going to be talking about it next week. In the meantime, Vic, what have you got going on? You up to anything cool that you want to share with our beautiful babies? Uh- I had so many things, uh, like life things in terms yeah. of like plugs and shit. Tell us about life stuff. I know life stuff's been really nice. I've just been, I moved back home with my parents. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Shout out to my parents. They're really great. Um, having a really good time, just chilling out. Mm-hmm. Um, working part time this you year. You have a, the... an enemy cat. Yeah, well, I'm looking after my cat. Well, my parents were overseas, so I was looking after the cat, and I do love her. Sure, but I just but you think don't that like her. I don't like her. We're not, yeah, we're yeah. not getting on because she. I just don't like the smell, like the the piss and the shit and stuff. I don't like it. I like the smell, I like the hair. Yeah. For me, it's not worth the love of another um, yes. creature. I'm with there with um, you on yeah, every animal. I prefer it to be. You're not an animal guy. No, they I'm suck. The they stink and piss. They stink. You. I'm just you guys are fucking you idiots. You don't like animals. You don't I have love animals. animals. Do you have a do- I'm about to get one. Are you serious? Yes. Well, I'm not going to hang out with it. Good, I don't want you What's to. What's its name? What's it, yeah, dog None or, of your business. Cattle. Okay, Are you going to bring it to work? It's too long. <laughs> You're going to bring it to work because you can? No, I don't want to. Okay. Um, want to but yeah, the only thing to plug is that our, our show yes. is coming back 
uh, I don't know when. The but show that Vic and I co-star on yeah, and co-write. Yeah, we co-star and co-write. <laughs> the uh, feed show. on SBS main, main channel. channel. Whoa, you got to main feed? Tuesdays yeah. at 10, 10 p.m. 10.30. Fuck, that's too late. No but one's going to watch it. Wa- well, no one watches it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Start at 10. Get on the channel at 10. <laughs> Um, um, and tweet on, about going, on, I'm watching online. the feed. I've tuned in an yeah. hour early to watch yeah. the feed. That's how excited I am <laughs> yeah, to watch yeah, it. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that, that'll be happening. This All your year. political satire needs will be brought to you this you year by it, Vic and You I. need it. You need it. You need it. If yeah. there's ever been a year in history where I need the big wigs to be taken down, yeah. it's 2020, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Well, that's what we're doing. And that's pretty much the We everything. wish the show was on air while ScoMo was in Hawaii. Mm. Just oh. imagine. The yeah. whole Freaking time. We would have been like, we would have bought Lay's uh, Hawaiian yeah. shirts. We would, well, I mean, that's not funny, but no, at but, all. But, but we would have we made, would have it, made it. You yeah. would have just laughed and laughed. It would have made you feel so much better <laughs> about everything. This is um, my joke for um, for when ScoMo was in Hawaii that I would have loved to have done if I worked on a satirical show as okay. well. Is like an image of ScoMo swimming out in the water mm. and then going, yeah, it looks like Hawaii's got a whole new island because okay. the guy's fat. <laughs> Well, you know, well, that's... we'll submit it and we'll see if... Um... We'll pitch it, see if it flies. Yeah, yeah. That could yeah. work. Well, where can people find that. you online, Victoria? Um, I'm on Twitter at, yeah. I think, Vzerpst or Vixerpst. I'm not sure. I've changed it. V... It's either Vic or Vic. I thought know... it was V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. It should be. I don't... V for Vic... Vic or Zerp... Vic Zerpst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the process of making a website. Oh, my really? God. Really? Yeah, yeah, For yeah, what? Yeah. You're learning um, to code. Yeah, no, no. just like it's amusing Wix.com. Oh, okay. uh, shout out to Wix.com. <laughs> get 10% off. Do you guys get ads? And uh, we, the, yeah. we don't do them, but they're on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, there yeah. might have been a Wix ad. Oh, that could have been a Squarespace. Might have been a Squarespace. Squarespace, please ignore what Vic just said. Yeah. yeah, no, Wix is... Support yeah, whatever support. we're advertising at the moment, guys. Support them. Go buy their product. <laughs> you know, I'm making a website just for... I'm, I'm, I'm starting to direct a couple of things and I want to I want to be a director. Yeah. Do I? I don't know. It's a hard. It's, <laughs> do you know what I've realized is it's hard? Yeah. It's hard to direct. <laughs> it's hard. It's tough. <laughs> it's hard. Um, that's me. That's <laughs> uh, good. Cameron, you're on Twitter and Instagram at... I am Cameron James. I barely use Twitter. Please buy tickets to uh, mine and Becky Lucas's festival show that mm-hmm. we're touring. It's called Is This Art? And we're doing it at the Brisbane Comedy Festival and the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Tickets are available now. Oh, baby. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Alexi. Also, this week, uh, me. Tom Walker and Demi Lardner are talking over the original Twilight movie at the Golden Age Theatre. Tickets are on sale. There's maybe a couple left at this point, so buy them and come hang out with us. And if you want to hear more from Karen and I, you can head over to patreon.com slash totalreboot and get access to all this bonus content, including a podcast called Total Respect, where we pick an actor and lay respect on four iconic roles of their career. Four iconic flicks. We've done Robbie De Niro. We've done Thomas Cruise, Mapatha the Fourth. We've done Scarlett Johansson. And who's next? You'll find out if you subscribe five buck runes a month. You also get access to a Facebook group, mm-hmm. which Vic is in. I love it. I love it so much. It's nice, right? I know. I'm trying to find a new partner from just scrolling through the members list. <laughs> yep. And then I'm going to, you know, DM and stuff. So join the group and you might end up dating Vic Zerps for a <laughs> week or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that. 
hell is she <laughs> tired of you? <laughs> to close things out, usually on this podcast, we reminisce about cinema in general, but instead, Cameron James, mm. could you pick up that little parcel behind the chair there? Oh, there's a hidden parcel. There's a little hidden here. parcel. Good grief. Cameron James, this mm-hmm. is your birthday present this oh year. Oh my God. I bought you a present that represents cinema and everything that oh, you love. Thank you so much. I'm Rip opening it, open. it right now. I'm going to mic the ripping. All the ASMR oh heads God. are going to go fucking crazy. They're going wild right now. <laughs> oh my good lord. Oh wow. What have we got here? Oh my <laughs> God, <laughs> yes! Oh my God, this is a book by Henry Hill, famous gangster turned rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do rats best known for doing in cinema? Well, if I know much about rats, and I do from the Pixar movies, mm-hmm. rats love to cook. And what does this rat you do? You have gotten me the Henry Hill, the wise guy cookbook. <laughs> my favorite recipes from my life as a good fella to cooking on the run. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> yes. That is amazing. It's the, it's the cookbook about from the guy that Goodfellas is about. Oh my God. There's even, there's a, one of the recipes in here is oven penitentiary sauce with sausage. Wow. That's prison shit. Wow. That's the one. You have to get your freaking razor to slice that oh garlic. Oh my God. This is amazing. Also, buku, buku. <laughs> Coloured eggs, <laughs> Fat Larry's pizza dough. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Happy Thank birthday you. and a happy new year to you, Vic. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are legends. You guys, legend. I look at you. You're my little women. <laughs> <laughs>